No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to another edition of Word Bros. I'm Kevin. I am Bob. What's up? And together we are Ringo nominated. We are. We are. You can you can you can see if we win or not and come to Baltimore and be there to cheer us on and wear like human like adult shark pajamas. Well, that's we'll what be, we should wear. We'll be at uh, Baltimore. Comic we Con. will, and that's yeah. why I'm telling people to come and and like see if we win this this darn award and 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 upset the whole industry by being underdogs, and and turn everything on its ear. I mean, we've gotten not... we've gotten this far. I'm pretty excited about that. Like, no, I'm if, good. I'm good with that. If we win, cool. If not, cool. I mean, I'm I... just gonna wear shark pajamas. Like it's like the where the shark looks like it's eating you. Like yeah. it's like yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm wearing. The movie is up there. I feel like I feel like we're playing with house money at this point. All it's... I will say is, you know, I'm, I'm, you... I'm be like best humor. Fuck the world. There you, it is. I'm a you, giant shark. You feel like that might be a good idea, but I always remember the part in private parts. You remember private parts, the Howard Stern mm-hmm. movie where he shows up his butt man and everybody looks at him like he's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> no no don't do it yeah maybe i don't know no. i mean maybe like if you were chip zadarsky maybe you could get away with it but i mean who was kevin I mean, cuff i mean he's a guy that wears shark pajamas to awards there, there you go <laughs> uh speaking of great guys very talented fellows this week on the podcast we have um uh matt harding and jared lewin they are the creative team behind all the devils are here which is live right now on kickstarter you should take a listen to this conversation. It's awesome. So what's up, dudes? We are talking to the handsome boys from the uh, wonderful Kickstarter that's out right now. What is the name of that wonderful Kickstarter that's out right now, Matt? All the devils are here. All the devils are here. This is right here on on the uh, the, on your custom live streaming service and Twitch. (laughs) Yes, we are live on Twitch right now. Bunch of Uh, handsome devils. If you are, uh, you're getting this directly to your inbox via Substack. If you are uh, a member of the word bros mailing list you can get this podcast sent directly to your mailbox it's pretty awesome but enough about us let's talk about you gentlemen um i'm excited i feel like uh, jared i feel like we just talked to you like two months ago about your other book Blades, uh, yeah yeah and now you've got this one too you were just blowing up all over the place yeah um i'm i'm i i don't like not having something to do and so I, uh, I, I jumped from like, I had anthologies in between Twin Blades and All the Devils Are Here. But um, I had actually been working on All the Devils Are Here for, for a minute. And then it wasn't until Matt, Matt, Matt and I knew each other beforehand, but it, as I read Matt's uh, webcomic, Bazooka Nightmare, and as I read that more and more, I was like, this is it. This is like the perfect match. And so I just 
jumped on it. But yeah, I'm I'm like, I don't I barely sleep. <laughs> it's like cool. part of it, you know. Like I like I sleep like five or six hours a day, and uh, the rest of it I'm just being crazy. <laughs> so how do you how does your body function on that much sleep? Like, do you find yourself like? having weird delusions or something or are you just so or, or used it's just to just coffee you, yeah or are you just not you're just so used to running that way you're fine i i so i started doing this i started sleeping like the five hours thing like uh like five or six years ago and so i think i've just like kind of adapted to it okay. sometimes i take a nap you know like every now Ooh. and then you know, i take naps you know but uh but yeah for the most part i'm just running <laughs> now honestly is there not anything better in this whole wide world than a good nap no nothing like literally I feel, nothing now matt are you a napper can you nap uh you know bob um i can't Ugh. i try Ugh. but you know what like this isn't a thing like where i'm against naps i'm all about naps like i wish that i could nap but for whatever reason i i just can't i can't fall asleep there are just some people like my wife is not a good napper where it's just like, I feel, I feel bad. And I feel it like there, you guys are missing out on such a like one, wonderful part of your existence just by like going, I'm going to go crash for like 45 minutes. And like, yeah. you just wake up and it's like, it's like the best thing in the whole wide world. Do you I actually crash? Wait, the question is the, do you do crash for 45 minutes though? Or like, is it like, because I, when I take a nap, it's ridiculous. It's like a four-hour nap. That's not really a nap, I don't Bro, think. Four, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what just sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, so, just, I mean, yeah. that's what happens when I nap. It's not really a nap anymore. It's not like a, an hour or something. It's like three and a half, you know, like now, in that range. You know. Now, I can nap, I will say, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. That's like the perfect nap time for me. Yeah. Um, the, the worst thing on the flip side of that... The worst thing is a shitty nap. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't God. know if I can cuss. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah, yeah, you're good. But, you're good. But like, I wake up after a bad nap, and I'm like still tired, exhausted. I'm barely like aware of what's happening around me. So like, but I, I those are pretty rare, you know? Yeah. Well, there's nothing worse than like settling in. Like you're gonna take a good nap, and then like 15 minutes later, you're awake, and you're like, "What kind of horse shit is this? This is, <laughs> this is preposterous. What I've been robbed. This is malarkey." Yeah, man, I love a good nap, dude. They're the best. Like that's that's that was the pandemic jam. Like I'd be like, word, it's <laughs> I just fed the kids lunch. Like they're outside at recess right now because they were home. So I'd feed them lunch and they'd go outside and play for like an hour. Be like, I'm gonna go take me a nap. And then boom, <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> yeah, man, napping. I love napping. That's great. You should do a book about. Let's do an anthology just about napping. Do you we'll, think we'll have Matt edit it and it'll be like he he doesn't he, he might get the idea yeah. of he might get yeah. the idea of <laughs> napping. All these stories are all these stories are terrible. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I wish I could nap. I've tried years, years and years. I've tried. I just I just don't. I don't know Not why. Thing. That's a real bummer, man. It is a bummer, man. Do you have problems sleeping at night though? Like when it's time to sleep? Yeah, you know, I'm not that I'm, I'm kind of like Jared where I do, I only sleep like five or six hours. And man, and I'll, I just wake up and I'm like awake. Like, I used to be on that boat. I used to be on that boat, man. You know what I did? I went to the doctor and they gave me medicine to sleep at night. So what I do is I take my medicine and like 30 minutes out, I'm done. Over. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Until the doctor was like, hey, man, I have problems sleeping. She was what like, oh, magic medicine uh trazodone is what it is yeah isn't that shit scary though does it have like weird side effects and stuff like that it doesn't do anything to me but knock me the 
fuck out. I'm, I've seen all I've seen all those commercials about the medicine where you know it may cause like suicidal thoughts, and diarrhea, and all, and all that like, stuff. Yep, dude, I'll just not too. fucking sleep. Like I'd much rather just not sleep than shit myself all the time and want to be dead. Like that sounds <laughs> yeah, I mean, awful. I mean, I don't have any of the side effects. I take the trazodone. She said, you know, and I just boom done out. Mm. Man, that sounds lovely. It's 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 less than thirty minutes. Trazodone, it's I, done. My daughter takes melatonin that helps her sleep, but every time I take it, I feel really weird and groggy. Feel groggy in the morning yeah, if yeah, I take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I do, you. I do. T- I'll do do an occasional Nyquil uh, every now and then. Like if I really want to sleep, like I'll just drink a cup of Nyquil. Not a cup, but like the little cup. I'm not saying like a fucking <laughs> just eight a glass. Yeah. I'll just drink a glass of Nyquil. <laughs> take, I just take a Nyquil shot to the dome. Thirty milliliters of Nyquil, and, but I always get this warm feeling in my chest, and like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna die. That's and called robo tripping, Bob. Then I fall asleep and I'm good. <laughs> but there is so, always that sensation of I'm gonna be dead. I I, I live in Texas, so like marijuana is not legal here, but. We have Delta 8, and I've recently started taking those at night to help sleep. And Delta 8 is just kind of like THC, but it's some sciencey shit. My wife explained it to me. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, if my wife is like, it's fine, I'm like, cool. You know, I would be the easiest <laughs> husband to poison because she's just like, it'll be okay. And I'm like, dope. Our um, wife's great for that. Like that sense of like, you'll be fine. Like, okay, cool. Like, oh, you just need to hear it from one person. Yeah. And it's always her. Like, all right, that's good. Yeah. Hey, is this chicken cooked too little? Nah, it's fine. You're good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, dope. But yeah, I started taking that. <laughs> and I, I sleep like, five hours feels like it's 10 i'm just done and i'm out i wake up i feel good i'm going on the day it's 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 pretty wild because i used to sleep like rough um but yeah i i I didn't go to the doctor for it like i should have probably but now i just take delta eight and everything's fine for the most part (laughs) now are you a hot sleeper or a cold sleeper cold 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 do you matt hot or cold man uh i sleep hot Oh, yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a, like a motor, like a, like a. I exude heat. I just run hot, so like I don't even yeah. sleep under the covers. I'll sleep on top of the covers. I'm I have okay. to sleep I'm under a... the covers, so the monsters will get me. Like I'm... I need to be under the covers. I'm not safe unless I'm. <laughs> I, I'm an animal, you know that, Bob. I'm just an animal. I'll go to the hotel room and sleep you in are. a chair. Yeah, She's I'll sleep right. in a you chair. You are an animal. Ow. Yeah. Yeah, this is what happens. Like my wife gets mad at me because I'll start upstairs in bed with her and then I get hot and then I come downstairs and finish my night in the basement because it's just so cold down here. And like, I got us, I got it like halfway through the night, I'll wake up at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning to pee and I just come downstairs and like finish the shift (laughs) in the basement. So I was like, why don't you ever sleep with me? Because it's too fucking hot up there. Like, it's just, we're just cooking, baby. It's just not comfortable. It rises, man. Speaking yeah. of cooking, what cooks in hell are devils. So, whoa, <laughs> well, that was a, what a segue! Yeah. That was a I mean, segue. We're professionals. Pro, we're pro. professionals, guys. Um, so, tell us about all the devils are here. Yeah, um, it's a forty-four page one shot, and I've been describing it as like horror-infused action thriller um, about a. Uh, an elderly man with dementia is possessed by a demon and an exorcist who has something of a dark and mysterious past has to enter a shared consciousness in order to purge the demon from the elderly man. That's so cool. yeah, it's, it's like um, Constantine 
meets oh my god constantine meets inception set in the world of sucker punch and um it's it's pretty wild it's a pretty wild little little book uh it's really fast paced and it's it's been it's just insane like the like I, i really when i was writing it i really thought that i didn't know how to describe like the pages necessarily because i really wanted this sort of there's like a dreamscape thing element to it, but it's like a nightmare scape, right? Like, how do you necessarily describe that? So I spent a decent amount of time trying to figure out how to do that. But, uh, and then I gave it to Matt and Matt just made it a hundred times better, which is sort of like being a comic writer in general, right? Yeah, you have yeah, this yeah. idea, you pass it to the artist and the artist is like, yeah, this sucks. I'm going to make it better. And uh, they do. It's like a, it's like a magic uh, transfusion thing. Doesn't it feel like sometimes just writing panel descriptions and stuff is just a total fucking waste of time? Because yeah. like the artist is like, yeah, I'm not doing any of that shit. <laughs> I, already, I already know what you want and I know better than what you want. So it's going to look better than what you thought of. You don't know exactly. what you're talking about. Now, um, so how did you guys, you said that you saw Matt's webcomic and that's how you hooked up. Or Matt, have you heard of Jared before? And were you guys excited to kind of get on the same page and get working on this thing or what? Yeah, I'm, I think actually Sarah worked with you first yeah. right sarah worked with you on uh, a black hole was it the black yeah. hole comic a cold dark yeah. universe anthology? yeah cold dark universe yeah from black hole um and uh when jared hit me up she's like yeah you definitely should work with that guy i was like okay there you go just like you said if your wife gives you you know gives you a coolant you'll drink it right she's like, yeah definitely work with that dude and i was like all right here we go that's all it took <laughs> well, that's Shout cool because your wife, uh, Matt, is an editor, right? She's a, yeah, she, she did some editing. Yeah, she edits. That's cool. So does she do? She's a writer and an editor. Does she do that a lot? Like, does she recommend people for you to work with because, like, she's edited their stuff or seen it around and go, "Hey, you should hit that person up. You should hit that person up." Yeah, she. I mean, she. Uh, so, like, she definitely did that with Jared, um, and she'll like kind of pass me like, "Oh, hey, look, here's this anthology I'm hearing about. You should check this out and stuff like that." Word. So it does happen. Yeah, that's quite a cool. Bit. That's and cool. vice versa, like if people are looking for editors and I see that, I'll kind of pass pass it her way. We're like a team, you know? Nice. Sounds like, teaming sounds, up. sounds like something very cool going on there. Now, do you and your wife work together on projects or is that you don't want to shit where you lie? I, I 100% uh, rely on her to tell me when I'm doing something stupid. 100%. Okay. So like if I'm drawing something stupid, like she's helping me out with drawing, like she... Like for one, I, I drew ears all fucked up. Like I, the way I learned in college was this this method that I kept using, and it looked stupid, and I didn't ever realize it. They're just C's, and, right? You just draw like a C. Well, so that's the way you're supposed to do it, right? But the way that I was taught was three C's, three and that C's. looks stupid. Three C's is it two C's too many? And yeah. that was uh, yeah, it's crazy. And three so I, C's, I did, that's crazy. It's crazy. But see, I never noticed it, and she pointed it out. And so I, I went, actually went back through all devils, and I would like change all the ears so that they didn't look stupid. Like I have a whole extended, I, I could, I could do like a director's cut or the stupid ear cut, if you want, and you could have like the stupid ear cut, you know. I want the stupid ear cut. I'm just, okay. I'm just excited to see these stupid ears. I'm going to go to your Kickstarter page to see if. Oh, you won't it. see them on there. I, okay. I fixed the ears. I see you but, fixed uh, them all. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the stupid ear cut if you want. Uh, I would love to see that. Yeah, and like I always thought, people had difficulty drawing hands, but your thing was the ears, right? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if you get taught like a bad, um, you get taught like a bad habit, or you get into the the habit of doing a bad habit. And you, you just don't pay attention to it. You know, like uh-huh. you're looking at everything on the page 
but you're like, oh, ears, you know, C, 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 three C's. And you just kind of move on. You don't ever, you don't look at it, you know, it takes somebody else to kind of come in and see it, you know, to be like, oh, you got to change that. And what did she say? The ear, this ear looks just dumb? Or like, how did that work? She, she said that the ears were kind of cartoony, where the rest wasn't, and that it stood out too much. Really? Yeah. That's, so she put that's it nice. Critique. That is a good critique. Yeah. She's, she's good. She's good at it. And, and Sarah is credited as an art editor on All the Devils Are Here because of her contributions to, to, to that. And she is great. I, I'm, I'm working with Sarah on A Cold Dark Universe um, was fantastic. And she's definitely one of the one of the better editors um that i've gotten the chance to work with so i I was oh yeah pretty psyched i mean her day job is she uh she's uh, a legal assistant right and so like her day job is to edit and uh edit lawyers like like legal contracts right whereas if there's a comma in the wrong place like that whole it can mess everything up like the whole case could change with a comma in the wrong place so she she's like hardcore editing and she has to corral uh, lawyers, right? So, like, I, I keep telling her, like, yeah, you know, because she's been doing, she's starting to get into editing for comics. I tell her, like, this is going to be a cakewalk for you because, <laughs> well, actually, I, like, I, I do wonder, like, would it be easier to corral, to corral artists or lawyers? Like, who's going to be easier to get to do, you know, to, to get to, to respond? I, I'm guessing in, that, lawyers are hard, you that's know? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I never yes. thought about it like that. I would say lawyers are harder. They want to argue with you. They get paid to argue. Artists get paid to draw. It's like totally different. So like, they're like, no, 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 my, my comma's right. My comma's right. Don't even. Oh yeah. Law- <laughs> lawyers are always lawyering, even outside of their lawyering. You know? These damn lawyers with their lawyering and lawyering, <laughs> lawyering lawyers. Legal stuff. Lawyering yeah. lawyers. <laughs> so, because the last time we had you on, Jared, you were telling us about this, that this story was brought on by the passing of your grandfather. Am I, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, this is the exact one, yeah. Okay, well, that's mm-hmm. cool, man. So, like that, because like I said, that was a couple months ago, and here you are now, this baby's on Kickstarter, and you're rocking and rolling, Jack. So there's nothing holding you back from being this comic superstar that you want to be, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. Just man, I released mixtape, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long as my rap career doesn't take off, uh, yeah. the comics is looking okay, you know. Um, but why yeah, can't you, why can't you do both? Uh, I don't, man, I, I can't rap. I, I want to make sure that I'm clear. <laughs> that would take too much time to be good at that. You know, <laughs> I've already spent all this time being good at this, being mildly good at this one thing, you know? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't walk that back. Because at first you said good, and then you walk like mildly good. Don't walk that back. There's no don't need humble. for that, man. Just throw it out there. Be like, yes. fuck, fuck yeah, I'm good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's it's been, it's wild doing like everything that I've done this year it's been a really good year and I'm really really grateful for everybody who's like taking a chance on not not just like editors who've taken a chance on putting me in anthologies but people who took a chance on twin blades who took a chance on all the devils are here it's been really 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 fantastic and really cool um so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future uh presuming that a few things in the next couple of weeks go my way uh, who knows? Like I, I don't. I have no clue what's going to happen. I've got so much. I've got so much stuff on the table and in this like ether of of legal stuff that I'm dealing with that there's like no telling what the hell next year's going to even look like. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy all over the place, man. It's just comics, you know. I mean, like with with Kevin and I, we could have four books come out next year or yeah, nothing. It's just like it's this weird kind of 
it's feast or famine. It's a, it's it's a crapshoot. Yeah. We, we, we three roll the dice and we hope we end up with four, but if we don't, hopefully we can get at least two. We just you know, keep, that's, our, yeah. keep our nose to the grindstone, son, and keep hustling. Yeah, got, that's, got toys. My, my, my whole approach is like <laughs> that's weaponizing the Kickstarter. <laughs> What'd the you toy say? grail. Um, I was saying, you guys got toys coming out, man. That's nah, like the holy grail. I don't even know. I mean, that, I was to- I found out about the toys the same time everybody else did. Same. Like so. it was like, hey, do you guys know you? Somebody hit me up on Twitter. It's like you guys have toys. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> talking toys? About. When is it? When does this come out? Is what I got. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then Mike- that, that, a picture came, and I was like. I haven't even seen that. So yeah. was that me? Was that me being probably? Like, I think it might, have been, it might you. have been you. It might have been you. <laughs> my question. I, I saw that been... toy real quick. My my question was, do I get one as opposed to how am I getting oh. paid for this? Or, like or I, my my, my I two like, questions. I just want a toy too. Yeah. We yeah. asked the same question. Was yeah, can we get a toy? Like we're fucking children because we are, and we, yeah. and we would put one at the table when we con together. We'd it'd be right there, like we would have our lucky metal shark bro. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't yeah. do that because people would want to buy it, and I'm not selling. No, it. it's not sell. It's not for sale. That's <laughs> yeah, what you tell them. It's not yeah. for sale. No, son, that's just nah. That's just for display. Yeah. That's to show you. That's to show you how dope the character Don't is. Don't touch it. Ten seconds Buy to look at it, and then Don't I want you out of here. Are you close? You can't even look at it. B. You gotta. You gotta like. You gotta side eye it like this. Directly at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause that we ain't having that shit. No, man, get your own fucking toy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot of work, dude, and I don't think people understand the work that goes into independent comics making like just, comics at all just yeah. just the grind of never stopping like you just wrapped up a kickstarter what two months ago jared and you're already yeah. back out here on these streets trying to get more done i mean it's i mean you must be pulling your hair out over there yeah it sucks uh but it's like <laughs> it's 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 like a mixed bag right because i really love the process but at the very, like, there's definitely times where I feel like I'm scrambling and I'm trying to get everybody on the same page and everything is at the one time. But uh, it is, it's kind of like, I really like making them, is, is my thing, right? And I really like Kickstarter up until the campaign launches. Because <laughs> like, I like that, I, I feel like I'm good at pitching and... I like that I get a pitch directly to retailers and, and consumers and people that want to read the book. Like I get a pitch directly to you instead of having this like middleman. And I, and I dig that a lot, but God, it is, it is that first week I, Matt and I were both like convinced up until lunch, like, Hey, we're going to have a really easy campaign. And then it was like, not, <laughs> and, and it was just really, I mean, the Kickstarter is always busy, but it felt like this week, the, the week we launched was super busy launching on a Thursday was a mistake. I'll never make again. And uh, it was crazy, but it's, it's been, it's, I like, I like the hustle. I, I wish that I didn't have a day job. Uh, I keep telling my wife that she's got to be, a, she's got to get super rich. So she can be my sugar mama <laughs> and uh, I can just do this on the side, but like having the full-time job and then having this is sometimes like a bit much, but uh, it's really cool because we, we have, we, we have like an energized community. People are really excited about the book. And I like that direct relationship. That community thing is, is something that I'm really, really into. So it's, it's, it's definitely a mixed bag, but most of it's good. And that's 
the positive side. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like running the Kickstarter. Like I like doing the Kickstarter stuff. And I, I know that there's probably something wrong with me. I can't nap and I like running Kickstarter campaigns. So that's, <laughs> I'll probably only live for like another five years or something, but um, <laughs> I, because, you know, like I, you know, I drew the 44 pages or whatever in cover and you'd kind of do that like in your room, you know, or in your office you know, by yourself, you're just drawing, drawing, drawing. And the Kickstarter part is when you actually kind of get to engage people with it and you can be social about it and you can be showing the stuff off and you can be doing all that. And that, there's something kind of fun about that, you know, talk yeah. on podcasts, do all that. That's like fun. No, right. like running a Kickstarter, it's, it's great. It's, it's super stressful, but again, you're going right to the audience. You're saying, Hey, this is something we believe in. Let's make it happen. And, 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 you know, God willing, you get your backers and your support and you make your book and that's fucking great, man. Like what a, what a wonderful tool to have in your toolbox. Yeah. And I, I like running the Kickstarters after they're funded. That's my favorite right. part. <laughs> right. After it funds and you know you're gonna you're 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 clear, then you're like, okay, cool. Now it's fun. Now it's fun from yeah. here on out. There was That's... one Kickstarter I was a part of that failed, uh, and I and I I colored it. It was something I, I had colored, and uh, a buddy of mine drew it, and then he was he was working with a, a teacher actually, and that was a very frustrating situation because it it's the only one that like that I've been a part of that actually failed, mm -hmm. and that is stressful everybody's mad at each other you know they're wondering why it's not working they're and and so you know like there is a bad side to it um luckily yeah. i was just the colorist so it's like i didn't you know i didn't really have too much responsibility oh, in it and i didn't start, <laughs> not not say colorists you know they don't have a good job or a bad or an important job you got what you're saying like, i understand you know like yeah 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 i didn't have to run the thing you know yeah. but i mean i always um, think well part of planning a kickstarter for kevin and i is always like okay we got plan a well, this is plan B just in case, you know, we have plan C. Yeah. If plan B is okay. We wanted to plan A is okay. We're going to do the whole trade. We're going to ask for this amount of money. If that doesn't work. Fuck it. We'll just do it as a single and see what happens. I mean, so there are, I mean, there's always contingency plans. You're always thinking of something because there are ways to get where you want to go. And, and then plan C is always just Kevin will eat really, really hot shit on camera <laughs> for, for your amusement because that always works for some odd reason. And and I and I'm masochist of some sort. So. Super jazzed about Dust Pirates, by the way. Really excited for that. Congratulations on a good campaign. Thanks. Thank you. Um, it's a good it comic, was, too. It's a good book. We were super stressed about it. We got it done, which is awesome. Um like somebody's just handing you beer as you sit at a table. You, he's Riders, a superstar. Yeah. Superstar. He got the money. My wife is like the best. She, she really, I see really that. Is. And she didn't even get on camera. She just it was just a hand sticking through yeah. the door. <laughs> he had like a commercial for whatever beer he's drinking. It was like <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Hey, look at his his uh, amazing uh, mini fridge there. Yeah, you spot that's it. A, that's a Han Solo mini fridge. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, it cool. doesn't cool very well, but uh, which is why there's no beer in it. But, well, then but it is cool looking. I'm going to take that back because what's the point of having a fridge that doesn't keep anything cool? That's actually pretty stupid and you should probably it return it. Cool. It looks cool. I mean, you, you know, Bob, the reason why it doesn't, it doesn't cool very well, he hadn't put a hand solo action figure in there. there you that's go. why. Yeah. Oh. And, then, and, and then he would be frozen in carbonite and seems then you like, could have a beer with a Han Solo. You know? Seems like a very frivolous purchase for someone who's on the internet begging for money to make comments. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> oh, see this, see this yeah. fridge over here? That shit don't work. It just looks cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give me money for my comic. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, now the, the, some of the pages there, I'm looking at the Kickstarter, look like they're really crazy. Like, was there anything really crazy that you had to draw, Matt, that you were like, I, I don't know if I can draw this? <laughs> you you don't even, okay, so you don't even see it. You don't even see it there yet. Like yeah. we held, we held a lot back from the Kickstarter. Oh, um, those pages are the most non-crazy pages, oh, okay. <laughs> which is kind of insane. Even that covers like wild that you did, Matt. The covers, wow, it's great. It's like it's like main character reaching out at you, and it looks like he's getting sucked down by some tentacles and stuffs going on behind him. And I was like, whoa, they went all out on this one. Matt there, wasn't playing. There <laughs> are uh, there were pages in that book that. Uh, I mean, they were they were great great challenges, right? Like they were a lot of fun to draw. There were some sequences that, like, when I would first read them, I was like, "How in the hell am I going to draw this?" And there was one in particular where uh, it was a full page splash. And uh, and don't get me wrong, they were all super fun to draw. But there was a one page splash that is the craziest paragraph that I've ever read in a script uh, in my life. I remember I took a photo of that and I sent it to Jared, and I was. <laughs> Actually, I think I put in the our, our group chat or whatever, yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, so this is gonna be my day or whatever, and uh, and he was like laughing about it. But it was like, um, it's it's not on that, it's not in the Kickstarter, but it is some of those pages, um, are just wild. They're just, I I, I don't know how to put it any other way. It's uh, I mean, you'll see it, you'll see it, and. Nope. Um, Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. You're good. I thought you were finished. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask oh, you here. But I, go ahead. I was going to say that um, the thing that made it a lot of fun is that Jared is very easy to work with. So, like, you know, I, I would send him a page and all I would ever get back from him is just excitement. You know, there was never like, oh, hey, change this or change that. You know, I mean, there's a couple edits here and there, but nothing nothing that took, you know, any any amount of time. But for the whole the whole thing he was just super excited about everything i was turning in so it made it made each time i, I would read this crazy paragraph or whatever be like oh man this is gonna be insane to draw uh it made it like a fun challenge because i knew that like he was going to be into whatever i turned in you know that's and cool. yeah now when you do you find yourself jared as a writer just like do you have like fallbacks where you always kind of land with, with when you're describing something that's completely outlandish or crazy because ours is always like Steve Ditko-esque like that's always our kind of fallback to like we want some crazy shit man we want that Steve <laughs> Ditko shit like do you have anything like that in particular or do you have your own vernacular that you kind of use um I, I think I have my own vernacular like I, I try to I really try to use what I want in, in, in a narrative sense and in a way that it's going to, to kind of, the thing, the thing about All the Devils Are Here in particular is that I wanted pages that were jarring. Like I wanted you to turn a page and kind of have a moment where you're, you're kind of shocked because the premise of the book is that there's a demon sharing a consciousness with a person who has dementia. So what does that look like? Yeah. What, when mm -hmm. you're traveling that, what does that look like? and so i wanted there to be pages where you stopped and and kind of took it in because that's what our protagonist is doing you know yeah and so like i really try to 
I, I don't think I ever used like a references or like uh, like Ditko S. I think that I actually might steal that <laughs> for the future. Well, I mean, um, if you look at those Doctor Strange pages, like yeah. those original ones, it's just like it's everything. Like you go, oh, that's it. Like that's what I'm looking for. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the 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 sequence that that Matt's talking about was actually my, is, is is my favorite part of the book. It's it's crazy. And for that one, uh, I actually had to go back and check what I put in for the dialogue when I saw the page. Cause I was like, man, if I put in too much dialogue, I got to cut it because people got to see this whole thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had only put in like one line of dialogue and it was perfect. And so I just left it alone, but it's, it's really like crazy. It's just that, that that's, I try to use, I try to give artists enough room to work with what they want to do. And cause I don't know, I, I'm a writer. Like, I don't think that I have necessarily the expertise in the visual art and, and how it's supposed to look, how it draws the eye, how it, how it affects people. So I'm gonna describe it to you and I'm gonna do whatever I can to get across what I want for the narrative, but I want there to be a lot of room for you to kind of interpret it how you think is best. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that, I felt like I did that with the page Matt was talking about and he just just drove it all the way home. Like it's it's easily my favorite page in the book. Cool. It's so so dope and so batshit crazy. That's cool. Now, so some of it I feel like with Kevin and I, some of the best things that we do and we've been told by other artists is we just get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, our, our panel descriptions are minimal. Like we. No, just, I'm, but I'm saying even like dialogue and stuff like with yeah. Metal Shark Bro. A lot yeah. of it is us just getting out of the way and letting Walter have fun. And like, mm -hmm. I think sometimes that's to everyone's benefit. You know, there's, I mean, I don't think a comic shouldn't be something that you can read in 45 seconds, but like, sometimes you have to let the visual, it's a visual medium. And sometimes you have exactly. to let the visual do the heavy lifting, which kind of stinks, you know, for the artist, Matt, but I mean, that's, that's what we're working with here. And we, it's our job to kind of paint the picture in words, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the, scenes in the in the book actually the ones that um that i'm probably the most proud of drawing are the ones that aren't crazy um the the, the kind of quieter scenes uh in it there one in particular uh towards the end of the book um is like kind of like the big emotional beat uh is probably the the one the the pages that i'm the most proud of even though there are these pages where there's just like you know a whole bunch of insane shit going on um some of them are just like, you know, two or three people, you know, yeah, and, it, and it's, yeah. and it's a very quiet moment. And, and those are the ones that I had that actually, like I would draw the thumbnails. I would, I would spend hours on just the, the, just the tiny little thumbnails just to make sure that the way I was looking at it was, was going to hit that, you know, hit those, yeah. mm -hmm. those beats. I think that's important that a lot of, a lot of uh, younger storytellers come up nowadays. Don't think about is your story beats and how that plays into how your story plays out as a whole because that's something that um we go over a lot bob and i the two of us the the beats the pacing of the thing to make sure like the pacing is like just perfect as as good as we can get it like that that kind of thing um but jared the question i had for you was so how much of all the all the devils are here did you draw on from your experience with your grandfather like like what kind of dementia did he have was it like the the more serious kind was it the less serious kind did, like you remember you like that kind of thing so so my grandfather um the death of my grandmother 
my grandmother took care of him, right? For for his he had, he had had signs of dementia um, for a while, and then when she passed away, it got significantly worse. And um, I mean, they had been together for like God, like seventy years, sixty oh years. God. Yeah, they'd been together for forever, and um, more, far more than they were ever not together, right? Yeah. And so, like the last three years of his life, uh, I saw him really fade away. And the last time I ever saw him, he was on his literal deathbed, and he he didn't recognize me. Like he couldn't he couldn't put it together. And um, and that's not like his fault, obviously, but um, it was really heartbreaking. And that was the the thing that really stuck with me was that he when the whole three years that he didn't have my grandmother, he drove around or walked around. Uh, if somebody was driving him around, he had this like like maybe an eight by eleven picture of my grandmother that he had framed that they had sat in the house. He just took that with him everywhere. And, um, and it was sort of like the way that I interpreted it was my grandfather was really trying to remember her. Like that was the one thing that he was trying to keep in there as everything else was kind of getting confusing and frustrating. He was really trying to latch on to my grandmother's memory. And that's kind of the, the basis of the book is what are you willing to do to remember someone like that? Like, what are you willing to go? What dark path are you willing to go? And and what those people mean to us, you know? Like, like, would they want you to do that? Is that something that's a good idea? Is that something that they would endorse? And so that's that's kind of where that came from. But it was it was horrible to watch my grandfather go through what he did. And I'm I'm kind of removed from it. Like I live I live a few hours away from my parents, and my dad took care of my grandfather for the last three years of his life. And uh, seeing my dad and talking to my dad about what was going on was really really hard. But it's like it's hard for everybody. Anybody who's got someone who's got Alzheimer's or dementia or anything like that, it's a nightmare. It's really impossible to to. It's there's no good way to deal with it. And so like I really do think that all the devils are here is kind of me eulogizing my grandfather and my grandmother uh, at the same time, like talking about both of them in this, in this light. And cause like, you don't really, I don't think anybody understands how important memory is like, like it just how precious it really, really is. And, and, and how much it means to us because we expect to have it the next day. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's just something you can look back on. Oh yeah, that's cool. But for people that suffer through that, that's something that's fleeting, you know, that's something yeah. that they, that, that that's going away. So that was kind of one of the things that I really wanted to get across was the power that just memory has on us and what we're willing to do to latch onto it when it's going away. And yeah, so, so the book is super rooted in the hardships that, that my grandfather um, had to deal with uh, uh, the last few years of his life i think that it was um it was actually uh so when i read the script because he had he had pitched this to me um he had pitched you know he had pitched a story to me and and, uh kind of like the inception meets constantine and all that uh sucker punch and and all that way and it was when i read the script and i saw this part of the this aspect of the story that i i really was like yeah i gotta you know like i read the whole thing and you know in one sitting and i was like yeah i gotta I got to draw this story because 
Um, one of the things that, that Jared and I kind of share in common with this is we both had grandparents that suffered from dementia and the way that he wrote about it was, you know, like you see in a lot of horror movies, people talk about um, people who have like, you know, a mental illness or something in it. And the way that they write about it ends up making it like, Oh, this person's got, you know, multiple personalities and now they're the monster or they're the, the serial killer or they're the, you know, like they write about it as if it makes them kind of like, like a, you know, like an evil person or something, you know, like in a bad, a very negative way. And the way that he wrote about uh, this character having dementia um, was very opposite of that. And it, um, it, it, it just was done in a very uh, important way. I guess the best way to put it, I, I'm not a writer. I, I don't have very good uh, words, but I think that'd be the best way I would, I would put it, you know? sensitive yeah. he did it in a sensitive way where he yeah. was where he basically approached the, the uh project with a lot of humanity uh, yes. and, yeah. and and put the tenderness in there because and that's what i was going to say was that i think that's really beautiful um way to to have those things like in there that that are touchstones for jared's memory of his grandfather i think that that's a really uh, interesting way to use the medium and art to to bring forward a thing that maybe he was dealing with that was might have been hurtful for him but then visualizing it through the lens of what would be his his grandfather you know how his grandfather felt and going through that journey himself was i think that's pretty awesome because um my dad had dementia so at the end like it wasn't um his wasn't that bad that's why i asked the question in the first place my, my, my dad remembered all of us all the, all his kids and everything and uh he just would ask questions the same questions over and over again at times and like say really weird things and had really weird sayings going through his head um and do really weird things um that we weren't expecting um and but that's part of the disease so that that's part of what happens um like he went out to the kids bus stop when the uh, we were from new york so we're in virginia now and he was at the children's bus stop one day um but he was in his pajamas but he had a hat on that he used to wear when he would go out into public but he had the paper tucked underneath his arm like he was going to read it while he was on the city bus because that's what he thought it was oh. and so it was very it was like we had to tell him hey dad that's the kids bus that's going to school you can't get on the bus he's like no i'm here at the right time i can get on the bus so i had to talk him into the car and people don't understand and it, it it's a it's a semi-funny like memory of my dad but like it's still like encompasses what Jared's talking about with well, what I think goes you, on with this. Well, I think you could laugh about it now because it's it's over and like yeah. like the memories that like I noticed like you know anytime you deal with trauma of any sort it's once it's been kind of dealt with or compartmentalized it's easier to kind of go back and look back at something and go okay that you know I could see the humor yeah. in that but that takes I mean that takes years to mm -hmm. to kind of to kind of get to that point you know yeah, yeah and, and one of the things when I was writing all the devils were here or all the devils are here is I didn't want to write a story where the demon the demonic possession was what caused the dementia like mm -hmm. that was the thing that I got hung up on the most is that I don't want to portray this very serious illness as something that's as a result of something supernatural because yeah, that's something not kind of something spooky and silly yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> not scary. It's a yeah. real thing people yeah. deal with. And uh, I mean, it's scary in a sense, but it's not, it's not like something that's that I'm using as a plot point. Yeah. And I did a lot of research in how to talk about people with dementia in a way that wasn't like 
I wasn't trying to make them just dementia patients, like they're people diagnosed with dementia. And so I did a lot of time learning about that and talking with my parents as I was writing it because I didn't want to write anything that like my family is like weirdly secretive. And so I was like, I, if I'm writing something that's uncomfortable, like I, I want to know. And uh, so we spent a lot of time doing that, but really at the heart of it, I wanted to present the, the Joe Morris, who is the man that's possessed. I wanted to present him as somebody who had a medical diagnosis and also had the, this demonic yeah, possession. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they're not they're not two same things. They're two separate things, and maybe they're intertwined because they they are in the book. They're intertwined, but they're not necessarily one from the it, other. It's not cause and effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. It sounds like you dealt with this in a very sensitive and very kind of caring and, and compassionate way. So kudos to you for doing that. The book is live on Kickstarter right now. Um, you've got. This will be out Monday, so about maybe two weeks left to get involved, 14 days. You guys have already funded, so that's always nice to deal with. And then, uh, then yeah, man, so you guys are moving along and uh, having a good time with it. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how's it going taking on the world? Jared, how's that going for you? You're trying to fucking take down the man. Is it going well? Yeah. Um, well, that's the only well, thing I'm going to say well, about that. Well, for those right? of you who, do, who don't know, Jared basically started a one man campaign to take down uh, a publisher because his book didn't come out. Yes. Like, yeah. it, like you are the Hannibal Burris to Action Labs, Bill Cosby. Like you <laughs> just took that shit down. So, so not only did they not release the book, they, they fucking lied four times about when the book was going to come out. We now have proof, sufficient proof to, to know that they had lied to us the entire time. But the, the whole thing, the only thing I want to say about it, because there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes that we, we're not going public with okay. um, about, about what's exactly happening with our book. But I'm, I'm, I'm from a border town that's basically the entire, the entire town's a fucking barrio, like the entire town. You're not gonna shit talk me and disrespect me and the people that I work with and not have me talk some shit back. Yeah. And and I was real respectful and I was real polite for 18 months. Um, but I'm very happy with where we're at. I'm very happy that um, these guys are feeling a little bit of heat after they left us out to dry four times. Um, but yeah, I feel fine. I, I I've been I've been disrespected and fighting motherfuckers since i was 15 like if, if somebody thought they were going to pull one over on me at 30 years old they are very tragically mistaken so i i am hoping that they will see reason mm -hmm. and that they will do the right thing and um stop cut this cut this nonsense out so that we can all all of us not just me and my team but all of their creators and them as a publisher can move on with our lives mm -hmm. and uh, so that we can get our book out and, and do some dope shit with it. Well, I feel uh, I feel like I owe you a, and everyone who's kind of spoken out about this situation, a, de a debt of gratitude because I'm in the process of getting my book back from Action Lab as we speak. I've got the paperwork, just got to sign it, send it over. And, and of course the check, but that's neither here nor there. But 
I feel like that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for guys like you and 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 Sean Pryor and and Jeremy Whitley and guys like that and uh, what Dan Mendoza who were kind of so vocal about it. So I wanted to thank you personally for that. Um, so I, I appreciate your bravery and your your chutzpah to kind of stand up for yourself and for the other creators. Man, that was very well done. Yeah, I mean, all we all we ever have as creators is each other. Like we, 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 that's, that's it. The only people that are ever going to understand what it's like making comics is, is other people that make comics Yeah. and people that see that to us, it's an art form to, to people that are selling it. It's, it's a commodity it's and a product. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a middle, a middle ground. And I think with many publishers that there, there is, and I'm not trying to burn down the entire industry by any means, but if someone, if this, if if a publisher doesn't see the middle ground, if a publisher doesn't see the difference, they should be called on it, and oh, totally. they should be dragged out, and we should handle that shit. Um, I we we asked Action Lab to cancel the book like a month before any of this happened, and they chose to lie to us and deceive us and not tell the truth, and 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 instead, and now all of this has happened as a result. So. <laughs> Now, don't you think, now this is just my personal opinion. I saw somebody on Twitter talking about it. Don't you think some of this happens because of the industry's view of self-publishing? Because people people who are higher up on the ladder, they look at self-publishing as like, uh, uh. So it kind of forces newer creators to sign bad contracts just so they can say, I am published, I have been published. But at the end of the day, those same creators that are kind of poo-pooing self-published books are also looking at some of these smaller tiered publishers and going, well, that they're bullshit too. So it's like, you can't really win because the book that I had at Action Lab, I self-published a first issue that was beautiful. Like it was a beautiful book. It was done with time and care. And, and, and it, was, it was a precious thing to me. Action Lab got it. And it was just another book in their yeah. catalog, you know, so much so that the trade that they put out has ads for other books in it because they just took the three singles and binded them together. Yeah, I think you know, so. It's like, so I think part that's all comes from that mentality of like self publishing, stupid. And if you're self publishing, you're not making books, you're not good 100%. enough. Yeah, you're not good sense. enough. A hundred percent. Like, not, not, not to get like too much on this track, but if you, there's like a legitimacy with publishing, I think. And if you buy into that too much, you end up losing a lot more than you gain. And, you know, like self-publishing, I, I think that one, that comics being so small, people are afraid of saying something and they don't want to affect their long-term careers that they could have in comics. They don't want to, they don't want to rock the boat too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's also like a hundred percent what you said, like people are afraid of, of not being seen as a legitimate creator because they're self-publishing. Yeah. And to me, if you can get people on Kickstarter to buy your shit, then you're already legitimate. If you yeah. can convince someone to do it, it one, if you're doing it, period, I think you're sort of legitimate in any way. If you want to be like someone who's making money off of it, then that's a whole other different story. But you don't owe anybody anything. Yeah. You can make your, your 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 weird little comics and you can put them on web comics and you can find an audience there. You can do it for free. You can do it on Kickstarter. There's a hundred other reasons other than signing 
a shitty contract mm-hmm. with a notoriously shitty person. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have a lot of people have the idea that, that if, if if you're not Thomas Kincaid, you're not a painter. You know, like if you're if yeah. if you are making comics uh, and you're not getting published by Dark Horse or Image or Marvel or or DC, you know, you're not a legitimate creator. And I think I think Kickstarter is changing that. For, for, yeah. Like See, for you, sure. you you say that, but I mean there are, there are shows that you apply for that one of the questions is what publishers have you been published by in the past oh, yeah, five no. years? And you have to go off and check that list. And if you just go none self-published, what do you think you're, I mean, and you could put, I mean, Kevin and I could be like, dude, we've raised fucking $65,000 on Kickstarters for our books. But at right. the end of the day, in the eyes of certain people in the industry, that doesn't mean shit. And it's, and that's a very frustrating kind of position to be in. It gets even worse when you move outside of the comics industry, which I, I got a chance in my last job to see a lot of that is when you're you're dealing with like Hollywood types and stuff, right? Like they, I mean, if you don't have like Marvel next to your name or, or whatever, a certain amount of followers, like you you could be nobody that they don't care. Yeah. They, they say there's a million ideas. Who cares, right? Yeah. Like your IP <laughs> is just another idea and a million ideas. And that there's a, there's a total lack of respect for it. Um, but... I do, and, I, and when I say that I think Kickstarter is changing it, I think it is, but I think it's it's taken a long time. It's probably going to take a long time, um, but I think self-publishing is going to end up seeing seeing a heyday that it hasn't really ever seen before. Well, I think we're in like yeah. the middle of the self-publishing mm-hmm. heyday. Kickstarter yeah. makes Kickstarter opens the doors for all of us. I mean, because you can go in there and it takes the gatekeeping away. You can tell the stories that you want to tell. You can do the books that you want to do, and if you can find you know, 400 people to raise $10,000 to get your book made, then, hey, congratulations, you're, yeah. fucking co- you're a fucking comic book creator. But I think it takes the community as a whole to be like, yes, you are a comic book creator. Just because you're not working with the publisher doesn't mean you're not making books. Well, right. It doesn't mean you're not valid, yeah. Yeah. If you can get 500 people to give you $5 a month, 500 people, $5 a month, you you're actually making a living, right? Like you're you you can do, you know what I mean? Like you, the the way it was put to me by a, uh, an editor I was working with um, at the at, at the last company I was with is he was saying like you know he has friends that that draw stuff for IDW and they're always like ah oh, but I'm not I don't got that image book you know and they're drawing you know yeah they're drawing things that you know we're we're, we're big in our childhood you know like. Uh, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, stuff like that, but they're not doing an image book, and they think that they're failing because of that. You know, they have they have, you know, twenty thousand followers, but you know, it, it's 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 this weird perspective that people have in this industry, and I'm I'm included in that, where, where you have to be you have to be drawing a Spider-Man book or whatever, and once you draw that Spider-Man book, you're making it. But the but the truth is is that that a lot of the people who are drawing those Spider-Man books are barely even surviving. And the funny part is a lot of those people that are drawing and writing those Spider-Man books, they want to tell their own stories. Yeah, they wish they're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So so they they grow their shit and grow their name and grow their brand telling these stories. And then eventually they skate out the back door and start doing the shit that they want to do. Rick Remender is the biggest example of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 just building on that, like you can't let you 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 can't let other people define where you are in the industry. Like like I really do think I, I, I think that I'm hot shit and I'm not, I'm, a, I'm like a low level writer. I think I'm hot shit. I think everybody else is behind the times, right? It's everybody else that has to catch up to realize that I am also hot shit. But 
like you can't let people decide who you are and what you're doing and whether or not that that's good if you're having one if you're having a good time telling the stories you want to tell if you're doing it in an authentic manner like i don't and you're and you're putting it out there for people to read like what what the fuck does else does matter if you want to make money doing this then that makes it more complicated sure well, if you want to make money well, doing this you're in the wrong fucking field yeah. <laughs> that shit ain't gonna happen i mean you may have a few bucks left over from your kickstarter but that's just that's yeah. just that's just dumb luck well yeah. to, add, to add what jared was saying i think that you just can't let the industry or or people tell you what success looks like to you right so if success looks like to you that you're funding your Kickstarters and you're putting books out and you're doing the work, then don't let anybody tell you any different that, that you're not successful. Because um, I think there's a weird like ecosystem in comics where where people are are are, are wanting to define uh, success by different sorts of uh, measuring sticks. Well, well, I mean, it happens at every con. Like, think about when cons were a thing and you'd go to bar con and you'd be hanging out and you'd be talking. So so what are you working on now? What are you doing next? It's like, it's it's like, it's just like, you're just, it's a measuring stick. And like, based on your your answer is going to be some people's interest in what, in you as a human being. And it's like, well, that's fucking weird. Yeah, I make comics, yeah. How can you ignore kickstarter after the last since 2020 right like all i've seen a bunch of books get picked up by publishers that were on kickstarter but look scott snyder's on kickstarter yeah boom's going to kickstarter uh god someone else just went to kickstarter i can't remember but pepos pepos is out here making mad racks on kickstarter like don't don't let someone tell you because your book's on kickstarter that it's not valid yeah like there's there's all there's there's gold in them hills and that's why yeah i'm sorry Ringo nominated writers are also on Kickstarter. That's right? us. That's oh, us. Yeah. That's us. So, so don't let He's talking about us, Kevin. That, that, that you're not valid. Like, rep your set, do your shit, and everything else will turn out okay. There you go. That's look at great. guys. I mean, even before Kickstarter, look at guys like, uh, what's his name? Charles Foreman? Right. Foreman, uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, look at that guy, right? Like, he's just drawing his, doing his thing. I mean, he, He's not drawing those comics and, and going to be doing X Men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they've made shows of his stuff. He he has it. He has a patron that brings a lot of money in. He's doing he's doing fine. You know. Um, I th- I've always liked Ed Pixar's kind of attitude about it. Like just do the work, and then yeah, it'll come to you. And I think that's what we're all doing. And I appreciate the work you guys are doing. I admire the stuff you guys are doing, and we wish you nothing but success. All the devils are here is live right now on Kickstarter. Go to Kickstarter.com and search for All the Devils Are Here, and you can get this book uh, with the good ears. I also Matt- uh, I just want to say uh, that Jared had an awesome character arc in this podcast alone where he started off saying that he was an okay writer and by the end he was like i'm some hot shit it fluctuates he did he did he got hype he got hype while yeah. he was here and that's what we yeah. try and do he's, he's trying to guy. hype all the creators up up on the word bros fucking captain <laughs> fucking captain two beers over here yeah. <laughs> has one more if his that hand comes out alan Mori got shit on me <laughs> so. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you all. Thank you. That was 
Jared and Matt. Their book is live on Kickstarter right now. All the Devils Are Here, 44-page comic. Uh, very, it's, a, it's a very emotional story for Jared, and I, I, I'm really into it. I, I, I'm looking forward to reading it. It's, it's, a very, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting book. It's a very interesting premise. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So you can check that out on Kickstarter right now. All the Devils Are Here. Yeah, just like you said, it, it hits a lot of personal points for me. So I definitely backed it, and you should back it too. Well, there you go. <laughs> We appreciate you guys uh, listening. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week with the Word Bros podcast doing more Word Bros stuff. True. We will. We will. It's true. We will. <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros podcast, thewordbros.com.